Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour, never settle. I have a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. That's Six Hour. I recommend you carry the best. This week we're featuring one of my favorites, the Sig 220 10 millimeter. Now I know they have the new uh, 320 10 millimeter that has a few more rounds. Just saying. But if you want something that hits hard and is fun to carry and very accurate, I highly recommend the 220 because I do carry this. This is good for critters and uh, uh, bears. And so if you're hunting bear in your in your pajamas, like certain people do, if a bear gets in your pajamas, this is what you use. Just saying, you know. You never know. You never know. So, uh, and we're continuing uh, on with our introduction. Uh, we are on the America Out Loud <laughs> America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also available on the America Out Loud Podcast Network. Check us out, Project Sentinel, projectsentinel.com and .net. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And always a shout out to our friend Cherie Curie. I'm wearing her T-shirt today. For those who are watching, uh, Cherie does our bumper and uh, cover music. Uh, Cherie, we love you. Uh, she's always probably out in the road somewhere right now, so it's always great to have her joining us in spirit, although she's not here. So today, we're joined on The Hard Truth with my friend, neighbor, and a fellow warrior, uh, Lori Buckout. Lori is a retired colonel uh, from the U.S. Army. Uh, by the way, the Army is the best, just saying. I mean, just saying. Despite some of the things. Just saying. Uh, we're, I, you know, we're taping this on Veterans Day close to the Marine Corps birthday. And I've had to explain to people, I love the Marines, except, you know, I hope they get over their crayon fetish someday, that they can finally start using, like, computers like the rest of us. But, you know, baby steps for baby people. Just Thank so. you. That's so, so, Lori, welcome to The Hard Truth. Great to be here. Great to be here. So, Lori, Lori is on the show, not only because she's a colonel, which is a cool thing to do. I, I like colonels, most of them. Well, a few colonels I don't like, and they don't like me, but... <laughs> It is what it is. Thank you. Well, that's good. So, so it is what it is. But in, in this case, Lori is unique, not because she's a colonel, but because she's actually running for office. So she's actually running for office here in, in northern North Carolina and in, in, uh, in Edenton. We live in Edenton. Yes, sir. That's some topicality for you. Come visit. It's a great place. It really is a cool place. And Lori, uh, you're going to be running in a uh, district which has been controlled pretty much since the Civil War after the Civil War, by Democrats, right? So tell us Indeed. first off about yourself. Great. Colonel, she's a colonel in the Army, the same Army I served in, for better or for worse. We served in very different areas, just saying. So, Lori, go through your kind of sure. career, and then we'll talk about the 1st District. We had some fun. So uh, I was commissioned as second lieutenant in 1984. I grew up in Virginia in the Shenandoah Valley in a very small town, very much like Edenton. So I'm country girl. Uh, we moved there after my dad retired when I was a young girl. He was also a career military. And uh, fun fact, my mother also served in World War II with him. But she was Army Air Corps flight. That's very cool. I so, love the Army Air Yeah, yeah. We so, should never have gone up the Air Force. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, good call. So um, they were both a couple of warriors, and I followed their footsteps, served all over the place, um, married, have two, uh, two kids, little boys back then who are now 21 and 24, two boys, who are great conservatives, I must say. So... In spite of woke craziness, uh, we have raised them right, and we are very proud of that. Somehow, I guess you didn't put them in the public school system and hope for the best, like a lot of people. <laughs> no, do, so. no, oh, well. no, no. You got to watch that homework. Lost opportunity. That. Watch that homework when it comes home because it's crazy. So um, I went to uh, combat as a battalion commander. Started out with 600 troops. Ended up with a task force of about 800. Did the ground war 2003-2004, and uh, came back. Uh, went to the Pentagon. Did some good things there. 
when I retired, they asked me to come back again and help them with some very unique things we were doing to stop soldiers from getting blown up by IEDs on the roadside bombs. And um, I did a whole lot of work with that. Sold my company in 2019. Couldn't wait to get the heck out of Northern Virginia and come down to God's country here in eastern North Carolina. So moved down here as soon as we could. Loving it. North Carolina's first district. And as you said, it has been Democrat controlled for quite some time. We're definitely ready to flip that. People are tired of crazy policies. Uh, the economy is a mess. The border is a mess. We need to bring back prosperity to eastern North Carolina, help the farmers, help bring industry, uh, and help the families here and defend their rights instead of uh, all the illegal aliens coming in. Well, let's talk about your career a bit more before we go to the politics of the local area. So um, the Pentagon, I, I've always found the best thing about the Pentagon is when you're driving away from it. So, Amen, brother. Amen. So I, I, but, and so she's being a bit, uh, I think, uh, a little bit uh, shy about the fact she did the IED stuff. So the IED defeat program, which was something that I was aware of because some of the things I was doing for the Navy at the time, I was assigned to the Pentagon working for uh, the Navy's internal think tank, Deep Blue, about the time you were doing the IED stuff. Yep. And we were looking at technologies back then that, that could be essentially... I with them. They, they were... They they helped protect me when they asked me to go over to the Capitol Hill to ask for money for them. That was always interesting. An Army guy asking for, for the Navy to get money, but that's a, that's a story for another day. But my point is, is that some of the things you did at the Pentagon during that time were, I guess, if I say controversial by the fact that you were trying to break new ground and use new technology, which nobody, I would still argue, fully understands, and trying to break through bureaucracy, which essentially is uh, it's very um, granite-like bureaucracy. So tell us a little bit about how, what that was like. I got to tell you, I got, I got really good at that. I don't mind being a disruptor. And, and you know, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I like that. I like spirit, that. brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, when, like you know, uh, we talked about that. I don't mind being a disruptor and breaking through bureaucracy. Right. Another thing I really got good at. Um, it was kind of a joke that I was, I was probably, uh, you know, probably the most fearless colonel in the Pentagon because I didn't care if I got promoted or not. Uh, I had two young kids, and my family was important to me. What was important was taking care of soldiers, mm -hmm. and we very much share that. And um, getting the right thing done. Right. So uh, I wasn't beholden to anybody. Uh, the Army Chief of Staff would roll his eyes sometimes and be like, oh, here she goes again. In fact, on my retirement ceremony, the Vice Chief of Staff of the Army, General Corelli, gave me, and I still have it, gave me a dictionary. And there was a pink sticky on the inside. And I opened it up during my ceremony. And there was a big uh, highlight around the meaning of the word no. And he goes, Colonel, one day you'll learn the meaning of the word no, but you never learned it here. So <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. So but yeah, we got a lot of good stuff. That's there. a good sign for what you're going to be facing that's regarding right. both the local politics as well as national politics. So yep. let's talk about the first district. So uh, because this is my radio show, The Hard Truth, I can do whatever I want, which is always great, right? Yep. So uh, this is why we're diverting to politics. Did you know we had uh, uh, some interesting people on recently? Uh, my friend Ted Nugent was on with us. So you're no offense. You're no Ted Nugent. Just saying. So anyway, and Ted, if you're out there, you should. And Ted, we're not. We, we love you, really. We're going to be doing a, we're going to be doing a special with you. Uh, I think we're doing a special for Christmas or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So but my point being is that within the context of the local area, this place is very traditional, I guess, right? Would that be accurate? I mean, there's there's kind of a, I don't want to say it's lethargic because it's not. There's a great energy here. We have the Outer Banks. We have Dare County. We've got Currituck County. Uh, a lot of things going on. But um, the 
the direction of things is has been kind of going in the same direction, you know, and, and you all know in the audience, we've talked about this before, my dear friend, the late Walter Jones, one of my friends and mentors. Yeah. Well, he was Walter. Okay. I retired in Walter's office. Yeah. So I could tell you about that. So that was a great story. But but Walter and and other colleagues, Butterfield, I guess, was the guy before, right? No, so no, he was actually in the agency. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So 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 oh yeah. So basically North Carolina, eastern North Carolina had just kind of a, a way of doing things, right? Well, they're gone now. They are gone. Butterfield's gone. Uh, yep. Walter's gone. So it's it's a time of change and a time of opportunity. And frankly, at this point, since uh, the, the first district is being reorganized, and I don't want to get into all that because that would take a whole half an hour to, mm-hmm. to explain, but mm-hmm. you're going to be walking into the lion's den, right? I mean, yep. that's what it is because you're talking about decades of tradition where most of the counties you're going to be uh, having to convince people to vote for you have been voting for the the Democrats for a long time. So how do you think you can approach it? You know, I tell you, so the redistricting, though, I'll touch it a little bit, yeah. expands this district, right? It does. Uh, it brings in some more traditional Republican voters. But frankly, um, there are a lot of Democrat voters in it. it it's now probably 50-50 Democrat-Republican in mm-hmm. terms of historic voting. But, you know, I will say the biggest issue is that um, – uh, the last several years of democratic voting have not brought prosperity. It's brought, uh, well, that's clear. it's brought poverty. It's brought inflation. It's brought, um, a huge, uh, swell of illegals. Uh, there are now 8 million documented illegals in the country that we know we have. Yeah. And the, and the, uh, the population of North Carolina is about 10 million. So, I mean, you know, they're almost as big as we are. So right. we, and we have a bunch in North Carolina. So, um, Things have become so bad under Democrats that I know a lot of um, independent and undecided voters are going to vote Republican because, frankly, we can do things better. We we run a country better. We can bring prosperity. We know how to bring money to a community. We know how to bring being peace, get rid of crime. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, a great flip. So that's part of my question. Is It's philosophical as well as direct to you. Why is it the Democrats vote against their own interests so often? Because and I, I'm, I'm truly baffled by this. And I, I, I consider myself really a reasonable uh, conservative. I, my first vote when I turned 18 was for Ronald Reagan. So, yeah, and I, had, I remember this from I was just out of high school or in high school. It was my last year of high school. And I remember the debates between Jimmy Carter and uh, Ronald Reagan. And, and I, I'll never forget the moment I decided for, to vote for Reagan. It was a moment when Jimmy Carter was asked about nuclear preparation and issues relating to that. And he said, I turned to my daughter. Uh, what's her name, his daughter? Oh, oh I don't uh, Amy. 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 I, tur- yeah. I turned to Amy and asked her advice. Like, <laughs> you're asking someone my age for advice on nuclear weapons? I don't think that's a good idea. So it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll be voting for you. But my, my point is, is that Carter and others really seem to always put this 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 friendly face on all their stupid decisions, and go. and it seems to me that that rhetoric, while noble, I oh well, we want to actually protect people. It, it's really I think another form of enslavement. It is hidden within uh, the bureaucracy which exists in the federal government that actually kind of ties people to a certain stream of misery. I'll it just does. say it that it way. Does. It and does. so how how do you think how will you message through that to try to convince people to start getting on the program of voting for their own self-interest? You know, part of it is you have to look locally, and there are a bunch of nice folks who are Democrats, you know, I, in, I, in this race. And, they, and they're Misguided, but nice, and, yes. And, 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 you know, they're nice. Um, they are. But they're voting against their own interests. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a Democrat politician, <clears throat> I won't say his name, 
he uh, put forth a bill, helped sponsor a bill for to bring almost two million dollars of commerce to this district. Mm-hmm. Um, some Republicans liked it, too, and hopped on it. And so uh, when it got up to Congress and it was voted on, the Democrat caucus voted against it because mm. too many Republicans are on. Guess who joined that vote? The guy who sponsored it. Yeah, the Democrat who sponsored it. Because, that's crazy. Because they're going to vote with crazy, and that's, that's crazy, and that's the problem. And crazy is against the interests of the people in North Carolina. So the issue is not that somebody's not a nice guy. Um, you know, nice people out there. But I got to tell you, um, you know me. I'm not always nice, but I'm tough, and I like to get stuff done, and I like to take care of people. So I think what we need right now are are people who tell the truth. Yeah. Conservatives who will tell the truth say, "Look, this isn't good. We got we got to clean this up." I'm not going to walk around grinning and saying how great this is. I'm going to say we're in the middle of a fight for our country and we got to take it seriously. Well, that's the thing. So I, I agree with you, and I, I've mentioned to you before, and I think the audience knows I'm friends with Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi, mm-hmm. I was actually I, her. I, I do too. And so I was I was you know many of you guys know now that I was advising Tulsi long before she left the party, and the reason was I think she and others recognized there were going to be real issues relating to the bifurcation of reality within the Democrat Party. Great way to put it. And so uh, that's the next thing I want to talk about is the fact it's not only the Democrats that vote against their own self-interest. We're talking about a lot of folks on the conservative side who I've watched a lot, many who I've experienced. I've been in a room with members of Congress. There's some very interesting discussions, which uh, I will remain uh, to, to leave on the sideline for today, but some of you've heard about them. Uh, I've seen that certain Republicans, and one of the examples, most bright examples, is one I was personally involved in, was Congressman Davis, not your Davis, another Davis, from Northern Virginia, was my representative when I became a whistleblower. And it was interesting because he was literally, I was, I had to go talk to him during a time they were having hearings on whistleblower law. Oh man! And it was so interesting because as I was going in the back room behind the hearing space to meet with him personally, he was literally out trying to create legislation that would make it harder for whistleblowers to come forward. And by the way, there is no real protection for whistleblowers. Just saying, I don't care what they say about all this other stuff. You're right. If it wasn't for mother army, I wouldn't be here today because army decided go do what I did. Anyway, that's another story. But my point being is that during this time, Lori, he was out literally speaking in high-minded terms about how we we don't need whistleblowers, they'll damage things. Coming back to meet with me personally saying, how can I help you be a whistleblower? What the? It's like, what the? What? what? Yeah. So the, the, the duplicity of many politicians is something a lot of people have a hard time dealing with. So how are you going to overcome a perception that Hey, some politicians may not be telling the truth. You know what? I think a lot of politicians are beholden to other people for money, That's true. for influence, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I've made my own money, right? That's I, true. I started my business and then That's I true. told it. Yeah. So I have made my own money. I'm self-made. I didn't pay myself the first year and a half I was running my business. And most small business people know that. So That's good. I, I understand business very well. So um, uh, I made my own career. I made my own money. I don't, I don't need money. I don't need fame. I'm not beholden to anyone. And I think that's the most important part is to elect people of integrity who are beholden to no one. Mm-hmm. And I'm also in favor mm-hmm. of term limits, right? Because you got folks like, Boy. I mean, Joe Biden, has he ever been anything but a politician? Well, these other things, but we can't well, talk about those yeah. on here. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, things that certain showers and certain jail. people. Oh my uh, God, is right. that oh, it's just so disgusting. I, I can't. But, but, you know, so he sells himself as nothing but a politician and of course a lot of other nefarious things in the background perhaps 
But we um, could talk a whole show about buying, oh my which we probably goodness, like shows shows. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm I not. Know, by the way. You know that? Did you? A couple of times. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt. You know, story. That's too bad. But I'm just saying. So you have to have politicians who are beholden to no one, yeah. right? Um, of course. The only folks you should be beholden to are your constituents. Right. And and you and I have led soldiers. We know what it's like to be beholden to your soldiers. Yeah. And you know what? Okay, here's the thing in the Army. Mission first, people always. Yeah. So your mission is to take care of your people and to get the job done. And your people are always the foremost thing in your mind. And that's just how we operate. So that's how I feel about the people of Eastern North Carolina. And I wish every politician felt that way, that rather than you know getting uh, millions of, of retweets on X or whatever it is now, that you're worried about taking care of your constituents. So speaking of that, I, I think one of the things that's been lost in, in many of the circles that you and I run in and others uh, observe is the fact that I think a lot of us here kind of know what a woman is. Oh, man. <laughs> right? I mean, am I, am I wrong? What? So, but there's, but there's strength in being a woman. I mean, you know, I love my unique strength. So, so my, again, going back to this issue of, of the national debate or discussion on what is a woman is like, I think it's pretty easy to figure it out. Is, it is nefarious, and unfortunately, it's getting in the minds of our babies. And yeah, very, very, that's where I was going with this. Our exactly. very, very youngest, and and I'm very much against all this transgender craze. Of course, you know, the Dems always cloak this in these gentle words. Oh, we have to care for transgender children. No hate for transgender children. No, let's not turn them transgender with your crazy ideas in the first place. Let them be children. Yeah. I was a tomboy growing up, you know. I love a lot of women I know trucks. Were. Yeah, a lot of army girls are are tomboys. And and I'm just so grateful I got to keep all my original parts and that I had parents who were normal. Parents should encourage the original oh. parts till they're 18. By the way, Bingo. last time I checked, how old do you have to be to have a gun as a kid, right? You have to be 21, right? So why was it we, we should restrict people from having a gun, but you can change, you can cut uh, bits off. Tattoos, Think about that. Think about that. Stuff, right? So you, you can't have a gun. You can't defend yourself till 21, but you can cut your pieces yeah. off. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, this, this is this is how, how wackadoodle, to, to use a term of art, this all is. But again, this is what you said about the well-meaning Democrats. And oh, no, it's well-meaning. Oh, no, no, no. It's all cloaked in in, in well-meaningness, but it's actually nefarious. It's evil. It is so dangerous. And, okay, I just want to say real quick. Yeah. You're going to end up with kids who are sad, sterile, will never have children, you know, and so they're going to grow old by themselves. They'll right. never have a family. And and mothers and, and dads aren't thinking about this when they get all excited to have a gender reveal for a 12-year-old. Yeah. All I right? See. So yeah, that's about the sadness that well, that's part of my point. And, and as I mentioned, Cherie Curry and my other rock and roll Hollywood friends who we talk to and are friendly with, and that this includes Susan Olson and, and, and uh, Jen Bellstar Matthias from England. We've had this conversation a number of times. Yeah. Women are women and women should be treated with respect. The idea then that you're going to have trans women. That's, that's not a woman. Come into women's sports, to women's activities, and say uh, to me, that's that's like that's that's sado. How do you say that? Sado machoist. Masochistic. Masochistic. 
Yeah, there you go. She's got the word. I don't. So, so, so to me, that's that's ultimately men infusing themselves into women's issues. I find that completely disrespectful. And women so-called celebrate that. Women of the year are are no, they're men in a dress with a lot of good makeup. Why? Why do you do that to yourselves? You're just demeaning the idea of womanhood. And people think, and, and moreover, it's kind of like a cosplay. You have you have these guys who's like, I'm celebrating girlhood. And then they go out there with this uh, with this uh, uh, idea that girl, all girls wear pink, have long fingernails, and they prance around and they mince around and they wear a lot of makeup. I mean, it's a demeaning. It is uh, uh, idea. It right. really is. And, and so, just for the record, I, look, I'm a big believer in the equity, right? I mean, as a matter of fact, I recommended the army go to kilts as kind of the uniform of the day because everybody wears skirts. In it. That's because you got good legs, baby. Yeah, well, thank, thank you. But obviously they rejected that. Just saying they went back to the army uniform. I don't know why. I don't know why. I have good legs too. We yeah, so, no, I've been to parties where I've worn a kilt. So Thank you. Yes. Well, but my point being is that uh, that there are equities within the context of military service that should not be messed with. And the idea somehow that that uh, and I, I have had to suffer uh, the bane of being in command of something and having people have medical issues. The oh. big thing, the big issue, and I'm saying this because I do I do have gay and lesbian friends. Sure. I was one of those right. always supported. I did the survey back in 2010 when they said, hey, how do you feel about gays in the military? It's like, oh, they've already they've always been here. Why do we care? I had gay guys in my first position in 1985. Nobody cared. cared. Soldiers are soldiers. And so, so I went, it's like, yeah, whatever. But, but there's a divergence between gays and lesbians serving in the military as part of the defense and coming, joining the military for purposes of becoming transgender. That's right. So, you know, I actually heard from somebody who was an insider in the Pentagon about two months ago that they were with the, the G1, that's the army's personnel folks, right. In a meeting. And, the, the deputy G1, the deputy leader of all the armies and human resources, stood up and said, you know what? Our recruiting is so bad, but here's a way to get it up. We appealed to transgenders that they could come in the military and they can get their surgery for free. Ugh. Then they'll get their four years of medication or whatever it takes to keep them transgender because that's, oh, med- no, no, that's a lifelong medical experiment, right? I mean, right out of, anyway, Mengele. So... Then after they retire, after they get out of the army, they can go to the VA to get their ongoing oh. hormone and surgical care. So they become a lifelong burden on the taxpayer to keep their gender, all their sex change stuff going and you recruit them. But here's the deal. And yeah. you know this, they are non-deployable. No, I know. That's my point about the, the drugs. You can't I have people who have had, had uh, uh, issues relating to diabetes. Yeah. Issues relating to to certain gangular that had nothing to do with trans. It's okay. like I'm literally deploying folks forward. It's like, oh, I'm out of drugs. Like you need to get on a plane and move to Germany. Because I can't. I'm not going to be able to get you drugs in some fire base in the middle of, of Afghanistan. Folks like that, I'm like, you're not deployable, and because you have a a chronic condition, we're going to have to chapter you out of the army. Because so, if you can't go to fight, you don't belong in the army. Right. Long term. So speaking of more serious things, so when is the army going to start then uh, financing for soldiers? Breast augmentation and penis enlargement. You know, I tell you what. I think that's um, that's the next thing, right? Oh yeah. I mean, so why not? I mean, if a man. I'm serious. Can, I'm completely oh, serious. Too. So if you think about it, if a man can go and get fake breasts on the army's dime and yeah. call himself a woman, why can't a woman go get fake breasts on the army? Exactly. Dime? All plastic exactly. surgery. Where does the where's the line? Where's the line? Right. I mean, it's madness. It, it is madness. Just absolute madness. And of course, uh, how does this? Effect in any positive way, readiness for combat effectiveness. It degrades it. It degrades it. it. Thank you. People are not able to fight. 
already the you know recruiting is a crisis yeah. because America's youth are just not ready for this. They're you know, they're they're overweight or they have other issues. They have drug issues and stuff like that. Right. Then you add the transgender madness, and it's like, wow, we need we need a whole lot of work to get America's youth back. So, but this is just a microcosm of the larger policy issues, which I think we all have to go through and be honest about. And that's one of the issues that I think is going to take right. is like that, that we cannot be gray. I mean, look, I love gray. Gray is my favorite color. I'm a retired spy. So I love gray. He it, does it, love it, gray. it is the nature of what, spy, but spy for the purposes of politics and what you all need to do regarding redirecting and reestablishing a positive course for not only the military, but our, the overall American culture, you have to be painfully, to, dare I say it, the hard truth. You must use a hard truth you do. to redirect and reestablish a, a positive direction for culture. Right. You do. You do. And I, Presume that you, you'll be doing that as, as, as part of your, uh, your your effort. So I feel very confident. I've already had some discussions with Republican leaders uh, in Congress uh, that um, if I'm elected, when I'm elected, uh, I'd be delighted to serve in the House Armed Services Committee. Oh, great place! I've testified before. I know you have, and I've testified for the subcommittees there. And I feel very confident about my ability to educate my fellow Congress people on what it takes to really serve in the military, what important programs are what you need funding for and what you don't because there's a whole lot of stuff being wrapped into the military now like transgender health care no 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 no. we don't need to be funding that there's a lot of other things we need to be funding in defense budgets right. oh, that are good for people right and frankly can send commerce with defense dollars to the right places where you have a ready work environment a great economic environment and a lot of citizens ready to get to work that's wonderful so no i think it's a great agenda so we're about to Thank wrap you. up the first half so uh, i understand you have a gift from you I do Gifts have a gift. For, I do have a I gift do. for you. I was hoping it was a gun, but you no, look no, great so and red. I'm sorry, I do. it's not a gun. Yes. Yes, check that Look out. out for Congress. This is a nice one too. It's actually got nice. buttons. It does. It does she have presumes I can button buttons. I, I do. And it's like, you know, I, I know you're always out doing PT. You're always running. And so this will this will feel good. Does this know? help you do pull-ups? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, it doesn't help me do pull-ups. Maybe you. It probably does because you can already do them. So, uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Lori. This is great. So, uh the colonel retired buck out for congress i presume it's you not your husband no no this me now i got to tell you what this joke going around i oh. really like it so uh, somebody says you know your new campaign phrase needs to be <laughs> ah. well we'll talk more about getting the buck out in the second part of our show this is the hard truth tony shaper part two coming up we'll be right back after this break this is jody o'malley with nurses out loud did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code out loud. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body 
Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Hey, this is the Hard Truth Tony Schaefer, part two. Still powered by six hours, never settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. I recommend you carry the best. The best is six hour, never settle. You better get one as soon as you can. And we are on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also available on the America Out Loud Podcast Network. Now check us out, Project Sentinel, projectsentinel.com.net. And then we're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and all the other social media. And we're back with uh, Colonel Retired Lori Buck Out. Uh, what were you saying about buck out? Get the buck out of town or something? Get the buck out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're going to get the vote, the buck out. So she's running for Congress. She's going to go through the primary coming up, I yep. guess. Yep. And then hopefully in the general, the first district of North Carolina. Yep. So here we are talking about all sorts of issues relating to service, to sacrifice, to the direction of society, culture. Uh, I, we were just wrapping up talking about military issues and some of those things that overlap into our our uh, everyday lives. And one of those areas, which uh, I'm sure the team is going to jump into, is uh, the fact that Democrats don't necessarily vote for their own self-interest. And so much of what has happened, besides the cultural Marxism, which has been inflicted on folks, I'll just say it, I'm sure I'll get in trouble, but it is what it is. The cultural Marxism, which requires that the left reconfigure our entire fabric of the republic, which mm -hmm. I don't think is a good idea, going on the record saying that, yep. it actually damages because they use so much of politics for their, their the economic policies as well. Now, the economic policies of Joe Biden, the Bidenomics, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, it's like Self Bidenomics. Self-harm. That's, that's like saying uh, Dr. Kevorkian is the lead <laughs> surgeon of the economy. It's yeah. like, here's what I think about Here's what I think about Bidenomics. 
Tony, yeah. here's, what I think about, yeah. here's what I think about Bidenomics. I believe that uh, Joe Biden's being set up to fail and lose and not run in 2024. So his handlers are trying to get him to tout Bidenomics, which has now become a joke. And he sits there, ah, Bidenomics should work. It's pretty good, you know? And I'm, I'm telling you, it's right. It's, it's incredible. And, it, and, and people are going to make fun of him for the next year. They're going to try to slide in either Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom for 2024 mm-hmm. and see what happens then because yeah. he's going to humiliate himself. Mm-hmm. I think Jesse Waters was talking about that recently too. There's like so many different people I see on Fox news and on Newsmax. They say, um, they've actually gone out and asked people, has Bidenomics helped you? And so yeah. many people don't even know what Biden is like. What's that? Well, you know, there's this guy in the white house who claims he's the president. Like, yeah, I know who that is. And, But it's like, Binomics hasn't helped me. And I think they even did a survey recently. It's like, has your average spending, your your groceries, your day-to-day living, has Binomics helped you in any way? And there's like, no. And it's like, so, but I love how when Joe Biden gets up and he, of course, he's squinting, he's talking about Binomics, you know, I didn't even coin that term. Somebody else did. And, and. And then he can't even remember what he was saying on like the next sentence. But he's like, it's working. And then he loves to say, and that's not hyperbole. He says that in like every single speech. And it's like, why does he feel the need to say that's not hyperbole? Well, there's one reason for that, Elizabeth. It's because we're at an inflection point. Oh, yes. And I love how he describes an inflection point. Yeah, my math teacher started when you take a 90 degree turn on the highway and you can't get back. It's like, who the hell takes a 90 degree turn on the highway? And how? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> he's just lost his mind but yeah they want to push him to 2024 and oh, i'm sorry go ahead tony yeah no a 90 degree turn of the highway what is he racing dick dastardly in the wacky races <laughs> right chris I, I feel your inflection point i feel your pain He's scary. Hey, you, got, you guys remember the Crypt Keeper from Tail? Yeah, yeah. He's the oh, Crypt yeah. Keeper. You see that picture, man. He looks just like the Crypt Keeper. It's getting scarier every day. I think a weekend at Bernie's, you know, where they dead, they keep propping up the dead guy. And I think that's what they're doing with Biden. Biden's not really, everybody knows. I think anybody with even half a brain knows that Biden is not running the White House. It's probably it's Obama, awesome. George Soros, the Hillary oh, Clinton. Show, but they prop, they just prop them up. Jared and uh, Susan Rice. So, but on that point, real quick. So before before we move, my friend and, and former congressman Kurt Weldon, Congressman Weldon, long before uh, this became public, Joe's nickname in the Senate was "Quid Pro Quo Joe." Yeah, that that's not true. That's not even a joke. Yeah, they shortened that. Yeah, they shortened that to "Quid Pro Joe," but that's uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, what did this guy failed four times to become president beforehand? I mean, he was a four-time failure. Usually it's three strikes you're out. I guess in cricket it might be a little no, I'm just kidding. But yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely true. But you know, how did yeah. he get so rich? Yep, quick program. Joe. Yeah. All right. So um uh, anything else, Elizabeth? Oh well, um, not so much about Biden, but um, as you know, um Lori from Virginia just this past week. We, the Republicans should have had a major sweep, but oh my gosh, we, the Democrats won so many things in Virginia that they should, I, it doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. But like, like two days later, I tell you what, Babylon B had, I love their satire. They had an article said Republican party checks themselves into rehab for their addiction to losing. 
I thought, oh my gosh, that's hysterical. And it's true. And of course they had a picture of Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy. And it's like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, you expose like Susanna Gibson, she actually did lose very narrowly, but she, because of her porn, but I mean, it's I crazy. Haven't it. I haven't seen it. I'm not going out of my way to look for it. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. But I, I don't value. get it. Like what's Should wrong I look? with Virginia? Yeah. God. Hey, she's not the first well, porno. She's not the first porn uh, pur- purveyor to run for some kind of uh, major office. You remember Mary Carey when she ran for governor of California during oh, that during that recall so. election? <laughs> I a name to bring sounds... up. I to think about Ronald yeah. McDaniel. Ronna, was she in porn? <laughs> I hope not. Oh uh, yeah. You got quite the, the the only fans page. Just saying, maybe you should think about that. Oh, don't. <laughs> some old, uh, some some uh, mommy mommy stuff. That's so gross. That that'll really boost my acting career. Yeah. I, I, oh my God. Elizabeth, you brought up something very important, though. The, the Democrats are petting themselves on the back over these elections and these wins. Yeah. Well, but let's but let's go over some of them. All right, Virginia. Yeah. Virginia's a weird state because a lot of the populated areas are filled with blueies, and uh, in, and people, in Northern Virginia, around right. DC. Yeah. So that, that's gonna that's gonna happen with the House, and I, I understand that. Let's mm-hmm. let's go to Kentucky. They're, they're making a big deal out of Kentucky, but the governor there is popular. Maybe he's a Democrat, but he was popular, and he replaced a, a guy who, well, just wasn't so popular. Um, yeah. You can have a Democrat governor in a in a in a, in a, in a red state if he does a good job. A, a, what the, the misconception about red voter, uh, the Republican voters and, and Trump voters versus your typical or your, um, let's just say your loudmouth Democrat voter you find on Twitter is that the Democrats are looking for somebody they can look up to and, and, and put on a pedestal. While right. on the, the, the Make America Great site, if you will, uh, they're looking to hire somebody to do a job. And if that person happened to be a Democrat that he was doing a decent job for four years in Kentucky, they're not going to fire him. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, look, Larry, Larry, uh, what's his name up in Maryland? Got to. Uh, oh, yeah, Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan. Yeah, Hogan. I talked Hogan. to Larry. Yeah, Hogan. Larry oh, got to yeah. two in a, in a blue state. So it does happen. But let's go back to Elizabeth's point here. Uh-huh. And I, I want to address this to the Colonel, too. Yeah, yeah. Dick and Elizabeth. The fact that, 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 that anybody who votes, votes blue right now, I think has to be crazy. And I, I, I mean, agree. Because well, look at the economy. I mean, we just talked about the economy. We talked about yeah. how how is it that 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 the Democrats were so so much able? And look, Yonkin is not a MAGA guy. Uh, Yonkin is no, a, no. is a governor, kind of a middle. You know, he he's done a few things. I to, think he's to a decent him. guy, but yeah, just. So, yeah, what do you all make? What do you make of the Virginia kind of being spastic? Is okay. that a good term? A few Can I use that? So, I have a few thoughts on that. Yeah. First off, where was Ronald McDaniel with the money? Right. And I've heard that uh, I've only seen fans, only fans. In it. <laughs> well, it's the only thing you should be making more to give That's the Republicans then. OK, but how come the money didn't down to the Republicans in Virginia? Yeah. Now, I don't know the story there, but I haven't met Rana. But, you know, as chair of the, of the Republican Party, she should be the or the NRC. She should be bringing money to candidates. That's right. The second one are the are the issues. Um, you know, abortion's a big issue for the Republican yeah. Party. It's right? front and center. But. Seems like everybody's shying away from it. Nobody's well, willing to talk about it clearly. Well, I mean, now well, it's a state issue. I mean, right. we, you know, we did the right thing. Um, and, uh, you know, the Supreme Court decided not to have it down to a bunch of unelected uh, 
uh, court members and they give it back to the people. Right. So it belongs to the people where it should have always been. So that's a people's issue. And I think Republicans were foolish not to, you know, to, to say that's, I mean, that's what it is. Right. Um, and I think that, that uh, uh, a lot of the blue voters um, were voting on that, but you also have a lot of folks who were uninformed. I think a lot of blue voters are uninformed, yeah. not necessarily seeing the, um, they don't understand uh, just how much the illegal immigration and the oil prices um, and, and, and the constant war have tied us to the inflationary issues that everyone's facing right now. Yeah, I'm a little stunned yeah. by it. There are folks who do not tie uh, the fact that they have no disposable income now and that they're living paycheck to paycheck. It, that, that's over 60 percent of Americans. Right. They don't tie mm-hmm. that to buy. And, and uh, we just have to we have to educate them. We have to find different ways that I think Republicans normally use. You're not watching Fox News to tell people about that. They've got to find new venues to educate Democrat voters that they're yeah. losing out big time. Well, two things. No, I agree. Quick. Yeah. So, uh, so I remember back in 2000. When was Obama elected? 2008. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing people yeah. with Obama uh, 2008 stickers driving the same uh, S box. Uh, eight years later, it's like, huh, right. did, you, did you not figure that maybe you would be, get prosperity? Oh, no, we need to do all these social things. Like, oh, my God. It's just they are so committed to a this fundamental idea. Fundamental transformation that, is what Obama yeah, said. Like, you need to fundamentally transform America. You're driving a 1998 Honda that's got rust and uh, two cylinders not working, and you think that's somehow, you know. And, yet, and so to, the, to your, your yeah. point, Elizabeth, uh, they kind of go to the same bad sources of news, which reinforce their rules. That's what I'm worried about. Because so many people, you know, they can't afford cable or or a lot of people can't, aren't able to watch Newsmax or The First. Um, I mean, Epic Times is a great source of information. But but yeah, I think so many people just turn on the the main channels and they listen to the crap, Lester Holt and all that crap. and, (laughs) And they just don't know any better. It's like, you gotta have the desire to dig deeper to really get more information because yeah, if you only listen to the mainstream, you're going to listen to all the left-wing crap and you're going to believe them when they say, Oh, Trump's Trump hates America. Trump hates blacks. Trump's a homophobe. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 none of that is true. Yeah. The Republican, you know, the, like you said, what the dem the Democrats put a friendly face on their stupid decisions. You yeah, said that do. earlier. And it's like, that is a great point. Oh, but we just but, care about people. That's why we let millions of illegals into the country because we care about people. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and we have to educate people. We have to find different ways to educate people. No, and they go to Lawrence O'Donnell and that other guy, uh, Rachel Maddow, for their news. <laughs> yeah, that guy, Rachel Maddow. <laughs> or or uh, Stephen Colbert. Again. Stephen Colbert. Uh, I'm not going to dignify him by pronouncing it the way he wants us to. Yeah, it's he Stephen ain't Colbert. Right. He's, the, he's the prime example of just because you put glasses on doesn't mean you're smarter than anybody else. Okay. That's all. And I will, <laughs> exactly. I, and, and you bring up Lester Holt. That's another one. I, I do. What people don't realize is Lester Holt's not his real name. His last name is Nesman and Holt is a stage name. So he's really less Nesman. Is he a less Nesman? Nesman? I have no idea. No, I, I, I'm, come, I am. To me, he's less Nesman. Remember therapy? Yes, more music When we're talking about, uh, speaking of music, we were talking about uh, Secretary of State Tony Blinken doing rock and roll for an international rock and roll. Oh, and his oh, college nickname, remember his college nickname, Spanky Banana? Right. I thought that was, a great, that's a great nickname. I, I don't care who you are. That's don't a great you nickname. Sat on. 
Wasn't he in that band with Robert Francis O'Rourke? No, Robert what? Francis O'Rourke. Beto? Beto? Yeah, Beto. Yes. Man, you're going to get me in trouble by saying something I'm not supposed to with the candidate here. So you can just oh, step yeah, away okay. from the microphone. I, 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 will, I will step backward here. I have a question. Where can I get one of your really cool uh, red oh. t-shirts? Oh, that's a great point. Yes. Where can you get it? Send you I'll one. Like Text me. Send you one. But uh, so, tell us about the website, which we should have done it already. Yes. Yeah. So, so www. Lori L A U R I E Buckout, and that's with an H in it. B U C K H O U T for Congress, all one phrase. Yeah. Dot com, and I'd love to have you visit that site. So that'd be great. That's I'm a great also, site. I'm also on Twitter, Lori Buckout. I'm also on Facebook, Lori Buckout. So um, I'm also on Insta, Lori Buckout NC. I think so. Yeah. We are all over the place. And we'll have this listed under the thing, too. All that yeah. stuff. Right, Chris? Links in description, if you will. Links in description. Links in the, yeah, That's right. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, we got it. All right. I, got it. You got I guess it? I can tell you it's about that time again. It is, it time. is that time. I was it anticipating. Is this is my I favorite was, part of the show. because we, I was waiting with bated breath. Yeah, I, I, love, I love this part of the show. It's Tony's Takes. It's sponsored by, uh, sorry, Powered. I like that word better. Powered by Sig Sauer. Never settle. And I, I like this because we get Tony's takes, his hot takes on all the cool stuff happening in America. Um, yeah. Here's something for Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. She's been censored by the House due to the outspoken anti-Israel and pro-Hamas stances. On the one hand, it's nice not to hear that shrill, aggravating voice on the floor uh, too often anymore. On the other hand, though, in my opinion, okay, I, I'd say I'd have a problem with uh, violating anybody's free speech because I prefer us all having free speech in these venues and we get to hear what people really think about things and consider that in the voting booth next time around. Tony, what's your take? So my take is uh, he should be put in charge of the uh, effort to move FBI out of, out of Northern Virginia, which is a, a real thing. And I think she could help move uh, the FBI and herself to Cuba. Where they, I think, would be much much happier with the free speech they get. <laughs> what do you think? Mm-hmm. Any any I think any? If she's, if she's so much for free speech yeah, and uh, and she's so uh, anti-Israel, um, we should help her pack up and move to back to whatever country she's really from. Move back to the Middle East and and help those terrorists because I'm sure they would love to have you as their spokesperson. Oh, they're always great with women over there, especially. Yes. Hamas. Oh, I they love what. women. Yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking out and offering offering support to terrorism is actually against U.S. code. So she is violating U.S. code in what she's right. doing. So, you know, it's something to laugh about, but it's definitely not. I mean, she's she's pursuing, you know, they should be pursuing criminal action, criminal charges yeah, against should. her. Well, part of this, the deal is for that society uh, is that women are treated as less than a man, That's right. especially in the most extreme versions of, of, of yeah, Sharia. That was my sarcasm. So yeah. I, I find it baffling that a woman who is supposedly successful, I guess most people would, would argue, I, you know, you're going for Congress. That's going to be that's something to do, something to seek. Don't compare me to her. Well, I'm not. I'm not comparing <laughs> her. <laughs> Buckout is no Rashida Tlaib, I'm saying. Yeah, but my point is, is that she actually sought and, and achieved office. But somehow in her own society, if she actually practiced uh, what she preaches, which is she preaches hate, just saying, she would be a citizen, right? I mean, she can't even, she'd have to walk two paces before a man, uh, all that. 
I'm going to give you a quick vignette. Yeah. When I was in Iraq, the local Iraqis had to call me sir in order to get past their antipathy towards any kind of woman in leadership. Wow. They had to call me sir. They did. So, yes, sir. And they treat me like a man. That that they could deal with. But very quickly, That's, though. They call also, police sir, but for different reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead. I wonder, has she thought about becoming a transitional person? Just thinking. Oh, I don't know. Thinking the thing about the squad types is they're in it for themselves nowadays. They like oh, the absolutely. attention. They like the idea of becoming Twitter stars, and that gets them elected. That brings money in. And mm. that's what's happening right now. I, I I sometimes don't think these people believe half the things they're spouting out. It it just brings them the camera. It brings them attention. And it brings them money. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah. More more followers on Twitter or TikTok or whatever the hell. Yeah. Oh, TikTok. You know what? I tell you, that is a very dangerous app for I don't have you. Oh, I don't either. Who would? Do I don't have, have TikTok, Nikki but Hannah's yeah. I, daughter. That's <laughs> one of the worst. All right. I, I do want to get to a sadder story, a more, uh, let's just say a heartbreaking one, if you will. Mm-hmm. I was watching this on the internet and it really saddened me. Ukraine president Volodymyr Zelensky is now begging for attention and money on social media. It's sad to see it's come down to this, but it was this man not in over his head from the beginning. Seriously. What's your take, Tony? So I think uh, high heels has their limitations, just saying. And, and mm. if, if you're, wearing them it doesn't get you very far and i think Zelensky found that out but beyond that where is jerry lewis and his telethon if you know he wanted billions like just bring jerry lewis over and do a dialing for dollars for ukraine you know, you know bring, get, get get your old high heels out and do some dancing for god's sake you yeah. know maybe people want to see his legs and uh, tights i don't know would you want to see a Zelensky and in, in tights and high heels i would but i wouldn't no. pay for it but i see it no so I would not, and I wouldn't pay for it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah why, oh, yeah, why is he begging oh, for money? Now we'll pay you back later. It's like, yeah, give me an M1 and Abrams today, and I'll pay you on Tuesday. You know, we desperately right. need accountability of all those of all those hours. We desperately need accountability. And I mean, that's what people I think object to the most. Uh, you know, those of us who are Cold Warriors and seen the Soviet Union oh, yeah. close, we know mm. what it's like. And honestly, you know, I feel for those people over there, but when yeah. um, you have no accountability and you have a very a nation with a long history of corruption, exactly. it's very difficult for people to trust that. It, exactly. it, I mean, it, it really is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what we all agree upon as, as part of this, is that the lack, complete lack of accountability. Remember last year? Uh, no, it was this year. Uh, the, the Republicans voted for a, an amendment to the funding bill that called for ca- accounting of all the money. It's like, right. oh, no, we don't want that. We don't want right. that. We, why yeah. would we want accountability? You know, right. why, why, why spend any money on accounting for the money it's being wasted? Why do you? imagine transparency? Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. What, what, yeah. Transparency. <laughs> let's have a little fun now since we have uh, uh, Colonel Buck out here. Uh, let, yeah. Let's play a little bit with Tony's takes from the issues of the day. I've always wanted to ask you this and I've been sitting here on this for maybe, I don't know, uh, Elizabeth, you, you know how many weeks or months I've been sitting on this one. Best uh-huh. Star Trek captain. Oh, Uh-oh. the best. Star Trek uh, captain. That's right. What's your take? Who do you think? Well, so I'm, I'm, I, I, I have, I have my, my thoughts on this because I actually like some of the nuance of Jean-Luc Picard. I do. As a matter of fact, I, the Hollywood, I mean, the Halloween costume party got canceled here, but I was mm-hmm. going to go in the Jean-Luc Picard 
uh, last season uniform mm -hmm. of the gray tunic. But because uh, of um, Nightmare at uh, 20,000 feet, was that the movie, the series? Nightmare on Elm Street? I got to go with Bill Shatner and uh, Captain Kirk. And I, I, by the way, I love Avery Brooks. Mm -hmm. Avery Brooks was, I loved Avery on uh, Spencer for Hire as Hawk. Love him. But, uh, I, I, you know, and Janeway, Janeway's cool, but she was better in uh, Orange is the New Black. Just saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. So, but I, 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 must, I, still I think, I'm going to her. I still think William Shatner is the best. Yeah. Of well, you know, almost a camp quality to it that when you look back at it now, it's like, oh man, fighting with those, you know, 60s Hollywood uh, sci fi monsters. That, that was great. Stuff. That's horrible. He also got all the babes. That's the other thing. Kirk got all the babes. So it goes like this for me. It goes, Kirk, oh, yeah. for me, it goes Kirk, Archer, Cisco, and everybody else can fall behind after that. <laughs> and Archer is good because Scott Bankula rules. And there was no prime objective, so it made him. Cool. Cool. He was cool, but they cut the see They cut that uh, se th th that series off prematurely. It was like premature, right. uh, premature enterpriseation. Uh, UPN <laughs> had its troubles. I mean, Love Boat, The Next Wave, uh, uh, Homeboys in Outer Space. Those were classics, and they, they should never have canceled those. And and uh, <laughs> Homeboys in Outer Space. Are so you going to ask me who my favorite doctor is next time for Doctor Who? And one of I our think we're gonna, I think I think we're going to do that. Maybe I, uh, I, I like that idea. Um, I, the other thing it, is, it's not, not just, it's not Miss Whitaker. Just saying. Right. So. And and notice that the Star Trek Discovery captain. I don't even know her name. Wasn't was it, it did not appear on any of our lists, but I will say this: the worst that Star Trek Discovery killed themselves and the entire franchise by making Stacy, what's her name, Stacy, uh, I always forget that woman's election denier, Stacy Abrams. Um, Abrams, that's it. Stacey, as the president of the world, you would just need everybody. So, we need to have Doomcock back on, don't we, Chris? Because Doomcock is back. <laughs> yeah. For, the, for those in the audience, you know, I'm friends with Dictor Van Doomcock, uh, future ruler of Earth, who tracks all this stuff. So, okay, I'm cool. Hear more. He's cool. He's a cool dude. Funny. One thing I want to add about Cisco. One thing, huh? I want to, one thing I want to add about Cisco is he's cool. He's, he's number two on the list because he punched Q. That's true. <laughs> you know, I met, I met John Delancey, and he's he's just fine. He's fine in real life. He didn't he didn't he didn't get damaged. So. <laughs> just, <laughs> No, oh, I do. I've got a signed picture upstairs if we could go upstairs, but we're not. Oh, so. for real. Cool. I do. I, for real. For reals. For reals. For reals. So, all right. So, uh, so I, I, I see you threw a curve to the colonel here. You put her in a position where she's having to, to actually pick a captain who, who has great significance. So who is it, Lori? Who is your favorite captain? You know what? I, I have to go to James T, the original James T. So, so it is. Captain Kirk. But I have to tell you, though, you know, mm -hmm. I was looking this this guy up. My new favorite Spock is Zachary Quinto. Ah, it is. Ah. He, he, he is. He's my new favorite Spock. I thought he was very, very good. So love the but old he, one with this special. But he never sang "If I Had a Hammer." <laughs> what was that thing with uh, Bill Bag Bobo Baggins? That's a great song. <laughs> Bobo Baggins. No, I'm really who? Who would have thought that Spock loved? Uh, Elves, you know, I mean, <laughs> elves on the show. <laughs> uh, right? It's going off the rails here. <laughs> you think, we could, you think I, we could do uh, Bilbo Baggins' bumper music? I hate to insult Cherie, but 
If no, I can get no, 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 stick with Sharif. If I can get Leonard Nimoy talking about Billboard Baggins <laughs> instead of Sharif, oh I think God. that's what we have to take, right? <laughs> what is he have? Right, five so, or six albums? That's right. So, well, we got to go. It's been another uh, hour of of education and hilarity here on the Hard Truth. And we've been joined by Colonel Lori Bookout of uh, the, the running for the first district of North Carolina. So tell us again how to find you, Lori. What's your yeah. website? Oh, what's so it's www.lori, uh, L-A-U-R-I-E, Buckout, B-U-C-K-H-O-U-T, for congress.com. And so um, we'll be seeing more of her one way or another, no matter oh, what happens. Yes, I think she will. I think she well, I think she would enjoy coming back with us. I'd like to believe the show. So. I love the show. That's right. Crashing the show. Literally, okay. she'll crash into my garage if nothing else. So that's right. That's right. It's it's good to be defensive. Defensive drivers are the best. And if, and if you're driving fast, defensively, <laughs> offensive. You're, you're, that's right. There you go. So anyway, so that's it for the hard truth. We've been joined by the uh, ever illustrious Elizabeth Breckenkamp, uh, the the ever uh, witty and and corny, and, and both in, this, in a, the best possible way, Chris Verdani. <laughs> And we'll be back next week again with The Hard Truth, and we'll see you then.